Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halleck. And this week we come to you from our abodes, as we have been from the last while, as COVID has changed our method of dueling things. And um, we were talking before we got live on air, uh, as we're, well, we're live. How do you record something without it being live? Uh, but of course, we're coming to you pre-recorded since we send the show up to CJSF. Um, but we were talking before we got on uh, our call here together about what's been top of our minds lately uh, to help us uh, narrow in on what we like to, what we wanted to talk about this week. And um, I had shared with Luca that uh, timing has been much on my mind. Um, good timing, bad timing, lack of timing, uh, pushing when timing doesn't seem right, and all of these kinds of things that are related. And uh, when I checked in with Luca, um, you seemed to think that was oh. a good idea. <laughs> yeah, well, my addition to that would be that time and space are not what we think they are. <laughs> mm. So I always bring in that energetic perspective, right? Which is, um, so, I, so I have some, some, some things to add in from that, from that perspective, especially as things roll out around um, this COVID virus and, and what we are attempting to accomplish in the world at the moment. And I yeah. believe it worldwide. So, yeah. 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 And yeah, exactly what you just said. Time and space are not exactly what we think they are. And that's really been a, a thread that kind of goes through a lot of my um, awarenesses. I feel like I've been revisiting old lessons of late. Um, well, I think it's the perfect time for that, right? We've just come out of Mercury retrograde. So that's the re-time, right? Mm -hmm. Review, re assess re yeah re yeah remember. yeah remember remember pulling all the pieces back together again <laughs> right and um yeah it came up over the last couple of weeks i've been trying to uh i'll tell a little story about um, the vacation that wanted to be <laughs> <laughs> and that hasn't actually <laughs> happened yet has not actually happened yet so in March, um, my partner and I tried to head out for a vacation after a long overdue, uh, just us. Um, we've got two teen boys at home and a time to just kind of get away. So we planned that for March. We had about four or five days that we were um, heading off to Galliano Island. We got to the location. It was fantastic. We had one night there and it was fantastic. We woke up in the morning and watched Trudeau's address to the nation about COVID. And I couldn't stay. I just couldn't stay. I, my, knowing my kids were at home, normally they'd be completely fine. They're, you know, one is of age and the other is, you know, 15, not that young. But I could not, the mother in me could not be away from my little ducklings, knowing that the world was going through this incredible shift that it's never seen before. And not knowing what this was going to look like. I think everybody was disappointed in me that I called it short. <laughs> everybody but myself, both my kids and my partner. But I honestly, I had to do what I had to do in order to stay, stay centered in myself. So it felt like the timing 
was very unfortunate, you could say, in terms of when we finally chose to take this trip and to head out and to do this. And since then, we've had on our on our um, radar that we should try to do it again whenever that, whatever that would look like. And so the last few weeks, we've been trying to plan a take two. We would not be able to go to the same location, but we were looking at somewhere else that might work. And uh, finally decided upon a place and applied for a place, another Airbnb location. And the people didn't respond at all, which is really quite unusual. And especially in these days when we know that um, traveling has significantly decreased and therefore a lot of hosts who still have their their places on the platform are probably very eager for guests to fill their spaces. And we didn't hear from them at all. And then I, it expired. And so I wrote again, myself from a different profile saying, hello, you know, are you sure you don't, uh, well, we're trying to come next week. Still no response. So it's like, okay, that's a dead end. Strange, but it's a dead end. Found another place and applied for that place. Um, it looked like we were ready to, to, to go through, put the booking through. She seemed to accept it, but now the payment wouldn't go through. And we couldn't figure out what was going on because there was money in the account, but it just kept getting denied. It took several days before we figured out that the bank had flagged it as a fraudulent transaction because it was in a different one than they were normally seeing. And they, so that was why it wouldn't go through. But we didn't know that at the time. All we knew was we couldn't make it work. I was trying desperately to try to um, find another way to pay. And I was, I ended up having two laptops in front of me two phones in front of me because I needed every single one of them because of the way they were interfacing with passwords and being signed out of this and who has the access to the password on that one. It was so complicated and I was getting so angry and so frustrated and I ended up like basically barking at everybody in my family and telling them all to go away and leave me alone. No, you cannot have your devices. I have to have them to make this happen. You need to leave me alone now. This is, this <laughs> so is the definition this is the definition of forcing it, of yeah, pushing, right? Exactly. If anybody wants to know what forcing and pushing looks like, this is it. This is it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that awareness did finally come to me. I actually came just as I had probably found a way to make it actually work after about 30 minutes of just nothing working. And just before I finally clicked the thing, it clicked in my head. And I realized, wait a minute. It's not supposed to be this hard. I am not supposed to get this bent out of shape out of something that's supposed to be a benefit and a blessing for this relationship. And what have I done? I've pushed everybody out of the room. <laughs> I'm sitting here about to smash these devices because nothing wants to play fair. And really, there is no reason for it except to remember that if it is this hard, maybe you should stop pushing. And, oh, I did not like remembering that. I am not going to pretend that I had a good attitude. It would just fed into my continued bad attitude. And it was so funny because I finally decided, fine, fine. If this is not, if, if it's telling me no, then I guess I have to listen. But I was really unhappy about it. So I, you know, closed all the devices, thankfully didn't damage anything in the process, stomped off to do some other work where we were working with the, some gardening. And as I approached the gardening, my partner was like, Oh, no, 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 you're not allowed to bring this energy in by the plants. That's not good energy. And oh, that just rubbed me the wrong way again. But I knew he was also telling me something true. 
that we all know that, right? You make happy food when you sow it with love, even in the grounds or when you're cooking it. And here I was showing up with this foul temper. So I took it out and I, I, I cleaned my closet, it's, or not my closet, my clubhouse. That was the word I wanted, the C word I wanted. Uh, I cleaned my clubhouse and and made it pretty but boy that was a good two hours worth of heavy sweating and moving of furniture and rolling of carpets and vacuuming before it was finally out of my system so what's the lesson here <laughs> it's the jenga block view of life it's again we come down if to it the resists, jenga block. stop pushing it yeah 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 so um the beautiful part showed up within a week which was um having a conversation between my partner and an old friend of his who he hadn't talked to in months who turned out to be living in the Okanagan who invited us to come and share his massive home with him so that's better that was easeful that fell right into our laps that showed me and was a reminder and a validation and an affirmation of having made the right choice to lay it down yeah. but boy is it hard to do when you really there's no external logic that shows why this should not work right now. And it is well, it's a so different difficult. system. It's a different system of logic, right? Because mm -hmm. if you think about it, if you're if the part of you that knows better, <laughs> I call it your higher self, right? If that part of you knows better and it's trying to get a message to the part of you that's in the earth suit down here how's it how's it going to do it right it can deliver it to you in a dream or in an inspiration or in a funny feeling but if you override all of those then and and you've set your intention clearly which is that you want to have an ease filled and also in these times economical way of having a break right yeah. in the right place with the right environment the right people and then so if you're trying to go in a direction that doesn't fulfill that then it says to you no no not this way right and it does it sort of gently and then when you yeah. push more it says it it, it it just keeps giving you the message again right so you tried it with the first one that and that didn't work so then you tried it with the second one and then something else so and so it's just and it's because you haven't changed your intention, right? Your intention yeah. was still to have yeah. an ease-filled, economical, <laughs> um, uh, nourishing, nurturing way of having a break. Yeah. So now the right thing has come through. So if we, if we remember that we are taking care of ourselves, on yeah. some part of us is taking care of us, right? That, that if something isn't working, then at the very least we can ask the question do i need to push this because sometimes you yeah. just need to push it right but most of the time in my experience most of the time we don't need to push it so if you get a no you don't need to push it then you can say oh okay something else something better so that somebody taught me once that phrase this or better for all concerned mm, i like that and I really like that phrase um, that it because it it it's allowing and it's and it pushes it to a higher level and it says it believes that there is a best situation here that's going to serve me and everybody else as well. 
Mm-hmm. And and so when we can when we can believe that, it's a, it's trust. It's about trust. And I and I think you know when we talk about right timing, um, that a lot of that is about trust. Mm-hmm. And then the question it begs the question: Well, what are we trusting, right? Am I trusting someone else? Am I, am I externalizing that? Am I expecting somebody else to take care of things for me? Or am I trusting myself and my inner knowing about what, about what fits with what it is that I really want? Yeah. So who knows what would have happened if you'd managed to push that through and you'd gone to that place? Because we know that there, there have, we've both been through times where we've pushed things and we've ended up in the place that we thought we wanted and then something else goes wrong. Right. And, and we can look at it in hindsight and say, well, if I had just listened to what I knew in the first place, right. I wouldn't have ended up here. Yeah. Right? And it can yeah. be, you know, failed ferry sailing so that we can't get back when we need to. It can be, you know, there's a pothole in the road and it breaks the something on the car. It's a, like it could be any number of things. But if we trust our own knowing, we don't have to go through that unless yeah. it's really important that we go through it, in which case it right. will happen. Right. I think there's also an element of trusting that, trusting our ability to do so we trust our knowing and we trust yeah. our ability ability to do because sometimes, you know, we're ready to do something and we feel like we may not be being tenacious enough or persistent enough yes. if yeah. we don't enough. pursue what the thing, yeah, if we don't pursue the thing that seems to be as it should be right now. But what if we were to challenge ourselves? I mean, because there's, there's the thinking behind that is if I don't do it now, I won't do it. That is a mistrust of our own ability to do when the right combination does come together, that somehow by not doing it this instant, we are not, you know, we're not measuring up to whatever tenacity or perseverance or determination criteria we've set for ourselves in our brain. But I can remember having a conversation with uh, a former partner at one point. We both of us knew that we weren't each other's forever people, but we were very comfortable and, and happy in where we were together in that moment. And, you know, he confessed to me that he had this low running fear constantly in the back of his mind that he was going to miss the person he was supposed to be with if he was uh, too content, you could say, or, you know, present in being with me. And I honestly believed it then and I only believe it more now that you can't miss the things that you're supposed to encounter. You have to deliberately say no to it and walk away before it will. You will have they missed ye- it. Those things yell at you. I mean, yeah. on the energetic <laughs> level, right? Energetic yelling. They yeah. jump up and down and say, "Pay attention to me." Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and um, yeah. So, what if what if we could be comforted by that? We could be comforted by uh, knowing that if we have an intention for something to come through. We are ready with all of our energy and all of our resources to push forward when the door swings open. But we're also, we trust that it's not just us, that is meaning us in our physical form here, our limited awareness physical form that, that is required to, to have all the information and to know what's going on and to orchestrate it. If we trust that there is something bigger than us, or our higher self, or a higher power, 
whatever it is that we are connected to that is in a in charge of a greater orchestration and access to more information than we have and that that process will throw the roadblocks at us luca how do you know when something is just a like hurdle versus a stop sign how do you know I used to think that there were hurdles. I'm now coming to the conclusion that there are no hurdles. There's only there's only detours. There's there's redirection. Um, and and that means that along the way, I am able to figure out where I'm going by by listening to that in those internal signals that. I, I had an experience once when I was flying down to San Francisco and I was on United Airlines and they, I don't know if they still do this, but they, but they used to, when you were on, on approach to the airport um, and during takeoff, they would, they would let you listen in to the, the flight deck talking to air traffic control. Mm. And there's something really sacred to me about that conversation because all those planes and there's a lot of them are all going in and out of a particularly crowded airspace so if you if you look at airports like san francisco or atlanta or denver or new york they have or toronto they have hugely crowded airspaces and all those lives on each one of those aircraft and everybody has to trust that everyone else is doing their job mm -hmm. and that means that when you're the pilot the captain you do your due diligence but you hand over the um the timing element of it to the air traffic controllers and you say i am putting myself and my crew and my passengers and their lives in your hands and trusting that you're going to tell us what's the right timing for changing elevation and for coming in for landing or for taking off mm -hmm. and they're when, when if you listen to them talking they are extremely respectful about how they and very very clear with their communication they speak very fast but they speak very clearly um, in terms of of their messages to correct to uh to 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 climb to descend it's it, it's crystal clear and when they leave when a when a plane aircraft leaves the airspace of one air traffic controller they they sign off and hand over into the uh the control of the next one and they and they say good evening and or you know good afternoon or have a good day or whatever they like there's a there's a sign over mm -hmm. and it's a demonstration of that um sacred goodwill you don't joke around up there mm -hmm. because there's too many lives at stake right you have to be clear you have to be respectful every aircraft is 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 as important as every other aircraft it doesn't matter if you're a tiny aircraft or a or a super jet it's you're you're 
it's all important. And so if I take that over and I extrapolate from that, what's it like when we're getting messages from our higher self about correct course, right? Right. You, this, is, this is what's in your plan. This is your intention, your flight plan, if you like. And so if this is still your flight plan, then here's the correction that you need. Yeah. So we can, we can argue it all we like. But do we trust our own, um, our own flight plan for our, right. for our lives, right? And I think that we have our greatest amount of efficacy when we, when we go back to the level of, do I still want what I said I wanted right. versus this, this isn't working, I'm going to push harder. Right. Because that one, that one thing I'm pushing at is, is happening as a result of the intention I set. It's my flight plan, right? right. So if I'm, if I'm taking off from San Francisco to go to, go to India, then, then if, if I keep trying to turn around and go towards New York, the air traffic controller is going to keep correcting me back to right. what I have to do in order to go to India because I haven't changed my flight plan. Right. That is such a great way of looking at it. You know, that also reminds me of, um, I remember hearing before that planes are off course, something ridiculous, like 80 to 90% of the time that they're flying. Hmm. But they arrive to their destination because their journey is constantly being course corrected. Yeah. I don't know if this is actually true for a flight. No, it's, days, it's absolutely but. true because what happens is that tailwinds are at different speeds and you can, you can, because winds change, right? You can say it, the, the, it has been blowing at this speed for this amount of time, but it can change. You, weather can suddenly change. Um, uh, there can be, you know, more traffic in a particular area. There may, could, there could be something you need to fly around. Um, you know, flights can, and you can, you can speed up. So if, if a, if a flight is delayed in takeoff, they can make up time in the air. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you like, there's all kinds of things that are mitigating factors that the passenger doesn't really need to know about. Right. But I think there can also be courage to get, that can be taken from that awareness of, mm -hmm. You know, if planes are off course this this much of the percentage of the time that they're driving or driving, flying. Um, yeah. In other words, if you were to actually look at the compass direction and see mm -hmm. where are they going to end up, they continue on the where they are at any given moment. They would yeah. not, the trajectory would not be to the destination. And yet they arrive. They almost always arrive <laughs> to their destination. <laughs> and so if that was, again, a metaphor for how we navigate, and the fact that we encounter what may be hurdles, we might call them hurdles, we may call them obstacles, we may or call the them unexpected. the unexpected, the redirections. I mean, we may have the good stuff happen also, where all of a sudden you get that, that tailwind that just brings you there so much faster that wasn't what you built into your plans. Um, and really, I love that you, you know, that question of do I still want what I said I wanted? That is the question at the heart of it, that we should always be okay with revisiting because yeah. we're, we can change what we want yes. and it is okay to change what we want. 
And it doesn't mean that we've failed if we decide we want something different. Well, and sometimes we make a mistake in terms of what we ask for. Yes. We think that's what we want at the time we ask for it, right? And then we might, you know, if you have a realization somewhere along the line, you learn something, you meet somebody, you get some extra resources, whatever it is, you might go back and say, oh, okay, maybe that isn't where I want to go now. Or I can give, I don't need to give details about this, but I can remember the question that I asked myself that made a difference around, right around this. I had um, checked in with my intuition, my higher self, the greater being, all of the above together. Yeah, whenever whenever I had, we call it, yeah. Whenever I, when I had a really significant choice about uh, whether to engage with a certain person coming into my home, etc., I had asked the question, is this something I can do? Which the answer was yes. That was not the best question for me to have asked. I took my actions and, and made my decision based on the yes that I got to that question. But a better question for me to have asked, which I realized later, was, is this in my best and my children's best interests? Or even is this in the best interests of the person involved and me? And I would have gotten a different answer for that question. And then you can revisit it and you can say, is this still in our, all of our collective best interests? Yeah. 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 So, exactly. you know, sometimes we need to go back and say, is everything still as it was? Has something yeah. changed? Yeah, which is, again, yeah. we change. Life evolves. Individuals change perspectives and capacity and resources. Situations outside of us shift and alter. And just like with the Jenga game, you referred to it really quickly earlier because I think we've, we've talked about it on previous we've shows. About it before, we wrote yeah. an article about it. Um, yeah. It was just such a beautiful, I mean, it was a lovely situation with Luca and myself playing with uh, Micah, my youngest, um, many yeah. years ago, many, man, lots of years ago, playing Jenga. And my youngest getting frustrated with when he would try to pull a block out and the whole tower would shake. And yet he could see when it came around to my turn or Luca's turn that we were just doing little light tippy taps on the blocks and then easily taking one out. And so he got frustrated. How come the ones that I want to pull make the shake the structure shake he wouldn't have said structure he was little you know make the whole thing shake or yeah. and but the ones that you pick come out so easily and luca and i were both used it as a teaching moment to just explain that we were listening to what the blocks were telling us by gauging by engaging with them very lightly and um this is so true with how we can navigate life right we te we test this if we if we start from a perspective that we may get unexpected no's. And the unexpected no's are not because we are in incorrect alignment or that we want a wrong thing. It may be about divine timing and it may be about something to do with nothing to do with me specifically. It may be to do with other people that are engaged in but the so timing. Can met. Yeah. And the so by checking in, it's, it's a matter of, okay, well, what's ready to move now? Rather than why won't this move? It come, you come with curiosity. What's ready to move Is this now? ready yet? Yeah. yeah, or is this ready yet? And then we can come back yeah. and we can check in. Is it ready now? Because when we move other things, so it, again, going back to Jenga, you might move some other blocks that were easy to move. Then you come back to the one that you really, really wanted to take earlier yeah, in the game. And now it's shifted. The weight shifted. Yeah, now it's now ready it's to come right out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And if you think about how we all have free will and we're all changing our minds all the time, then 
then things can change. They can change in a matter of hours, and sometimes they can change, and sometimes it takes years for it to change. But right now, we're changing the whole planet. I mean, we're all having to adjust right now. And so that's a that's a minute-by-minute minute thing. So is it time for a song? It is time for a song. I was just about to suggest that. So I think we should start with Time is on Our Side by the Rolling Stones. Perfect. And I know that he's, he's singing about a girl. He's singing about a girl that he didn't want to let go. But if we think about it in terms of it being about our goals, uh, things that we have wanted, things that we really felt a, a strong connection to, we really felt was meant to happen, and it just, for whatever reason, didn't go anywhere, stopped or, or broken, went in a different direction. And it could be, it's about timing, and that it will come back around, that there will be the opportunity in the future.
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We were just listening to Time is on Our Side by the Rolling Stones. And we just had a lovely little iteration of exactly what we're talking about today. We had come back and we were, we were waxing eloquent about the thoughts that we'd had on the break. And we got deep into conversation about that. And I realized I had forgotten to press record on our Zoom call here. So we lost all of that. But it's but then we immediately just stop and laugh because it's like, well, okay, um, we're present, we're engaged. Evidently, maybe I didn't say what needed to be said in the first time through and I'll get it better this time. So before we go any deeper, I would like to stop and to um, remember and take a minute to ground in on our ground and to acknowledge that we both Luca and I even in our separate places across Vancouver both of us have in common that we are uh, living and working on unceded ancestral territory of the Squamish, the, the Tsleil-Waututh, the Coquitlam and the Musqueam and as settlers we seek to remember this because it helps us to remember that the work of reconciliation is still very much on the table, at the forefront, uh, and we need to be engaged in that. We need to be learning and listening to the voices of the people who have been stewards of this land for a long time. And um, by acknowledging this in every show, it's us reconnecting with the roots of where we live and honoring the roots where we live. But it doesn't stop at just a statement that we make on our show. It's something we need to be living and that we're responsible for living out as we go through our lives. Um, so the topic that we're talking about today and even relating it to, to current issues and reconciliation is timing. We're talking about timing. We're talking about how to know when, we're, when it's time to push. How do we know when it's time not to push? How do we know when it's time to wait or to just change our attention or our focus somewhere else? And what happens when we do do that? And um, I've been reminded of times in my past where I sometimes I engage with something and then I seem to encounter a roadblock or an obstacle or a stop sign, something that's so clear I cannot go forward. And I leave the situation, whether it be in a relationship or a project, working relationship or a situation, whatever kind of a, of a of what is the ecosystem that it is that needs to stop and change. And well, oftentimes when I leave that thing, I think to myself, okay, what are the lessons that I need to learn from this? And then there have been plenty of times in my past where I will encounter something that feels like it's an echo. It feels like the same thing, again, of one of the situations or people or projects, etc., that I've encountered in the past that came to a screeching halt. And yet here it comes again. It's a new face. It's a new situation. But there are so many markers in that thing that remind me of the first one and it gives me pause every time it gives me pause and I think now is this supposed to be red flags where I would then walk away or is this something new and there have been num a number of times in the past where it, it it seems to play out as though the first time I encountered it and it came to a crashing halt that it was actually like a trial run or like an inoculation, like when you get a vaccine for something, like you need to have gone through the first one in order to be able to make a go of the second one, to be able to be present and ready to see whatever you need to see and 
recognize in the second one. It may be that I show up with more skills and more awareness to the second one. It may be that it's better or riper timing for the second one. But if I hadn't hammered off some corners of myself or learned whatever I needed to learn the first time, I wouldn't be ready to engage with it the way that I could in the second time. And I think the difference between knowing, is this uh, coming around again and it's sort of testing have I learned my lesson and my lesson should be, this should be a no, or my lesson should be a, oh, this is, this is how it's supposed to look. I think the difference for me is, is recognizing, well, what are the things that are similar? And if the things that are similar between the two things are the negative things, like, oh, I'm seeing some behavior from this person. I'm hearing words that, re that are patterns that evoke the uh, problematic parts of what I encountered before. That tends to be then the red flags of, no, I don't need to do this again to learn that lesson. I have done that and I'm good, thanks. Yeah, cool. that's what, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, right? Yeah, exactly. But if the things that I'm encountering again were the things that were juicy and delightful of the first time around that had kept me engaged, that had given me hope and courage and, um, and energy, then, then I tend to be like, okay, let's see if this sticks this time. I'm ready to give it another go around. Uh, and that's a tricky one. I think that's a tricky one. Yeah, and I think part of it is recognizing the situation, that, that, it's, uh, that we have seen it before, where it felt it before, and then going in and asking that diagnostic question. right? Yeah. To, but, but to ask the question, we have to be open to the possibility that there may be some wisdom in this. Either some wisdom not to go there again or some wisdom that says, I, I'm okay here. I've, I've, I've been down this road at least a little bit before and I've had, I've had a practice run at it. Yeah. It's like I've done my warm up. Um, and, and I think um, w sometimes we can't know until we get back into the, into the situation. There's one school of thought that says that we sometimes dream about things before we hit them in life. Um, and I would say we sometimes live things before we hit them in life. Um, but if, if, we're, it, it, if, it, if we're doing that in a dream, um, it may be that we, we dream it because we're going to hit it later on, or it may right. be that we dream a whole bunch of possibilities and whichever one it is that we end up choosing is the one that looks like it was, we dreamt it before, mm -hmm. um, because we don't remember the other ones because we're not taking them. But it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that we didn't have the whole buffet in front of us and then we, we chose one, right? Mm -hmm. So, but we can, I, I think one of the ways that we know that is to ask our intuition. And that comes back to me and my, and me and intuition again, right? Um, and, and how do you know that what comes through for your, from your intuition is actually your intuition? People say, mm. how do I know that's not my ego? How, how do I know I'm not trying to force it? Um, how do I know? How do I know? But there's a feeling, and we've talked about this a lot of times, that when something's right and it moves, there's a feeling around it. Um, and I, 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 was, I was thinking about when I, I have lots of friends who have kids and, and some of them have said to me that w at least one of their children will have got up and walked a few steps and then plunked themselves back down on their bums and just scooted around and cr or crawled 
for months more after that. And then all of a sudden, one day, it looks like they've just jumped up onto two feet and started walking. Right. Uh, but they had, a, they had a trial run at it much earlier. But it was, it was just a quickie. Like you, could have, you almost could have missed it. Right. But, but it, it's, it's, it's like we, we try it and then we just incubate it for a while. Yeah. And then we come back and we try it again. And, well, there's a whole and I don't know what makes us do that. Like, I don't know what the mechanism is behind it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what the mechanism would be, but I, I know that I've come across research that has specifically said that, that we learn when better and we learn faster when we are forced to do it in small bursts and with breaks in between. Yeah. There is something about, I mean, heck, it even applies to, to relationships. The way that you can meet someone even briefly and then you see them again uh, the next hour or the next day and you see them briefly. There's something that, that develops from that regular interaction that makes you feel like you know the person versus, you know, diving in and being stuck in a room with someone for five hours. Yeah. You know, it's like you... <laughs> Well, they do this on talk shows, right? The host will come in and meet, just briefly meet the person before they go on air. So that when they go on air, that's not the first time that they've had any contact with that person. And even right. just a few minutes makes a, makes a difference sometimes. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're, you know, we're, we're playing around in the energetics of this as well as in the, um, I believe that learning is iterative. So the more times we come back around to it, the better. Um, and, and sometimes we go through an experience in life and it seems like it's a disaster. But, you know, maybe 20 years later, we come back at it again. Um, and and we've, it's, it's recognizable. So, so we've got some confidence level with it that we, that we wouldn't have had. So nothing's ever wasted. But at the time yeah. that, at the, at the beginning, it seems like just a mistake. Or a right, a disaster. But but when we revisit it again, maybe it's it maybe it's not so disastrous, right? Yeah, I think it's time for our second song. It feels like perfectly situated for this. So our okay. second song for today is called "Coming Around Again," and it's by Simon <laughs> Webb. <laughs> Let me see. There it is. Uh, so we're gonna take a listen to this. I first discovered this song. Oh man, it was a while ago now when I lived in Sri Lanka, and it was a song that gave me a lot of a lot of hope. Um, it was when I was reaching a point in my marriage and in my life where I realized I needed to make some really serious choices, and it was both a dark time. But then listening to this song, it was a reminder that good times can come around again. Um, so anyways, I'd like to share the song with everybody. So this is Coming Around Again by Simon Webb. And we'll be back with you in just a few minutes. I've been sitting in the darkness, but the sunlight's creeping in. Now the ice is slowly melting in my soul and in my skin. All the good times, my friend, yeah, yeah, are coming around again. Yeah. I've been thinking, reminiscing Of better nights and better days Hiding in the refuge of memories I made I got a feeling within, within It's coming around again It's coming around again 
Welcome back again to Essential Conversations with Luca and Rebecca. We just listened to Coming Around Again by Simon Webb. The good times, my friends. They're coming around again, but maybe not quite yet. And so what do we do in the meantime? We so we were just, yeah, we were just talking, you know, while the song was playing, Luca and I were saying, okay, well, where do we want to go? How do we wrap this up? And how do you wrap up something that is an ongoing? So if we are to sort of be in a place of acceptance that timing is a thing that is beyond us. Uh, it's not in our control. Um, it's in our control to respond to it or to be aware of it and to engage with, with it. But where can we find peace around knowing that timing is a thing that is happening that maybe it's not time maybe something's not ripe even if it feels like it should be ripe. like it would make all the difference if it was ready and ripe right now and yet it's not and how can we find peace around that well i i was thinking about the group aspect of, of this right the collective if you're running a relay race you have to wait until the person before you puts the baton <laughs> in your hand right and mm -hmm. and you can't I mean, it doesn't matter how fast you can run. You can't run until they put the baton in your hand. So that's a group effort. And I think also that um, when we're going through the amount of change that we're going through on the planet right now, um, it isn't just, am I ready? It isn't even just, is my neighborhood ready? But it's, is 
is the whole of the rest of the collective ready? And sometimes some aspects, some pieces of the, the community will move a little bit ahead. We'll go, we'll go first. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can only go so far before we lose them out ahead of us. They have to keep turning around and checking back to see how far, how far are we? How are, are we keeping up? Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I do ask Luca live on Saturday afternoons and a lot of people, the questions that they're sending me are about, is it time for me? Am mm-hmm. I, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now? Uh, it, and it, a lot of it right now is about timing. And what's been coming through for a lot of folks is that this is not about, are you ready? This, this is about, is the next thing ready for you? Mm. If you? If you run out now to catch the bus, is the bus there? Right. Has it, has it got there yet? Because otherwise yeah. you're just going to be sitting at the bus. So a lot of us are sitting at the bus stop, tapping our foot. There's... Um, <laughs> Dr. Seuss wrote a book called Oh, the Places You'll Go. And, and there's a big spread in the middle of the book. And this was the last book he ever wrote before he died. Um, in the middle of the book, there's, there's what he talks about as the waiting place. Mm-hmm. And it, it talks about waiting for the bus to come, waiting for your hair to grow. Like all the, like, all the things that we sit around and wait for, right? Waiting for mm-hmm. the phone to ring. Um, and and we're, I think a lot of us are in that place of waiting right now. And we go back into the place that, that you mentioned a little earlier, which is, am I doing enough? Mm-hmm. Am I trying hard enough? Am I prepared enough? Am I paying enough attention? Could I have missed it, right? So when we go into doubt like that, we move out of trusting. Mm-hmm. So I think that what a lot of us are involved in right now is what do I need to do in order to find that place of trust inside myself where I can rest in um, right timing for the moment and, and know that when it's time for me to do something differently or notice something or move or connect, I'll know. And in the meantime... What do, I, what do I choose now? How can I make best use of this time that I'm sitting in right now? And you and I have had many conversations about what is this time of, of seclusion, um, um, isolation, um, quarantine, like whatever, mm-hmm. during this COVID-19 um, crisis time. What are we all doing with this time? How are we best using it? And for some people, they're taking a break that they haven't, they haven't been able to take for years, if, if even forever. Um, Some of them are reconnecting with their families. Some people are, are um, reassessing their priorities and their goals. Some people are learning something new. Um, But I think that's highly personal. What is it Mm -hmm. that I would most enjoy what is it that would serve me best and for many people for many people it doesn't feel like a happy productive space it's about healing and it can be about grieving and it can be about actually opening up some of these wounds that have never had a chance to be heard because it wasn't quiet enough for their 
yeah. for their whispering. And it, and it can be scary to be in that place of of just sitting in the quiet. And because, especially if you don't trust that there is something to hear in there, that something will come along. I was talking to somebody yesterday about how I'm feeling at the moment that I'm, I'm secure through this time if I'm being productive enough. Mm-hmm. But as much as I'm, I'm working on projects that I already had on the go, none of them have come to fruition yet at least not as far as I can see. And the analogy that I was using is that I feel like I've got about 12 different pots on the stove at the same time, (laughs) and none of them are ready. And they're they're all at different stages. And some have the lids on and some have the lids off. And so I stir stir this pot, and then I I go away for a few minutes, and then I hear something or I smell something, and I come back and I stir something else, and I add another ingredient into something else, and I'm checking all the recipes. (laughs) but nothing's ready. So there's a, there's the tendency to go into fear around it, right? Right. What if nothing will ever be ready? And what if I'm just not doing enough? And, and how come every, how come I'm not getting anywhere? Mm -hmm. But if I really look at what, what I've been working on, and, and I could also say playing on because some of, I mean, I've been enjoying what I've been doing up until now. I'm learning new skills. I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with people who are um, giving me advice from their experiences, all kinds of things going on. Yeah. If I itemize it, I can see that I've actually been engaged in all kinds of things. And I, I suspect that it's a web of things that where, where things are connected to other things, as you were saying earlier right? That, that you do something and then you, maybe you come back to it years later. There are things that are coming to fruition now that I started years ago. Um, it, like if I want to do a podcast now, yeah. my, experience, my six years now, six plus years of experience in radio has been invaluable for that. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I'll give up radio, but, but, it's, but that's been something that's been working for me. So yeah. So I encourage all of us to to kind of walk around what we've got and and say, well, is does is this really as empty or as stuck or as hopeless as right. as I might think it is? Maybe maybe I just need to come at it with a with another perspective. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Luca, you know what we haven't done for a long time at the end of one of our shows is do a quick check-in to see is there anything going on for you that you want to invite our listeners to engage with? Is there? Uh-huh. Are you throwing that out to me first? I am. Yes. Um, I'm. I'm. Uh, I've. I've. I've taken the opportunity. This is one of the projects that I've had on the go. I've taken the opportunity to to review how I'm setting my rates and and agreeing on prices for for the services that I offer because I would like to live in a different world mm-hmm. and this seems like a good opportunity to experiment with it mm-hmm. um, so that's all on my website um, I did a blog post about it and it's at the bottom of my menu on my on my website and the other thing that I'm doing is offering um, ask Luke alive which is half hour of me channeling um, answers to questions that people um, hand to me by um, the day before. Um, and I, that's, so that's free. I'm doing it on Facebook live for half an hour on Saturday afternoon specific time. So that's what's nice. going on for me. What's going on in that's your awesome. world? 
Well, um, I don't know if listeners would remember that I had been working on the Boston Co-Housing Project for a long while. And uh, beginning of this year, right in February, we finally got an opportunity to start a house. So that house is up and running. Crossroads Catalyst Home is now it's been born and it's there um, and um, its population is still uh, has some room for growth so there's a couple of rooms still available so if, if you or anybody that you know is um, LGBTQ looking for community that is sober that is family centered that is engaged in supporting each other um, we may have a house for you or we may have a room in a house for you feel free to contact me and to see what that's like um, wonderful community that's growing up there um, being led by cat web and, and really um, centrally located too it's like right on, a, on the bus route it's perfect yeah. for in people who need to be able to get into town and get around yeah, yeah it's beautiful yeah, so everything is moving, even if, even though we're on the Earth and the Earth is hurtling through space at a at a fantastic <laughs> speed, but we don't feel it. I think like that might be something for us to tap into every now and then. But until next week, I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halix, Power Sorcerer, and Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalix.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Oh, ah, 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 Happy, 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 happy. Boing, 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 boing.